We're here to talk about tech. Yeah. My name is Kerry Brown. This is the Tech Edition Podcast, and I'm here with my brother, my cohort, my friend, Clarence. How's it going, man? Going great, man. Good to be on another Tech Edition Podcast. It's been a while. Yes, it has. Um, but we're back again, in effect. Stuffed with turkey, no doubt, and other uh, trimmings. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm like I are we did a good like we did good on our Thanksgiving dinner and there's plenty of stuff left but dude I ate turkey for, I mean I ate turkey and dressing for like four days in a row oh, it was wow. like I had to I had to start diversifying I was starting <laughs> to go insane yeah man I, I ate good as well man <laughs> gotta cool. love the home cooking bro indeed let's jump into the news uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Apple says that the iPhone XR is the best-selling iPhone ever, but they don't provide any still sales statistics or figures. Um, let's see. Apple Vice President of Product Marketing Greg Joss Jaswike has commented in an interview with CNET that the iPhone XR has been our most popular iPhone each and every day since the day it became available. That's a little, that's, that's yeah. a little wordy. Yeah. A little wordy there. Um, and it says analysts were reporting that it was the worst performing iPhone. So I don't really know who to believe the budget iPhone XR at $750 is not really a budget phone at all. It's basically one of these with instead of ceramic yeah. back, it's got a metal back. It's the same phone. Yeah. So and then they discontinued this one, so yeah. you can't even get the original anymore. Which so, I think yeah. I think they're bringing it back. Uh, they just announced they're bringing it back. So the thing is, like what what Apple usually does when they bring out a new slate of phones or the latest devices, they keep the old ones around to sell at a more affordable price. And yeah. just the fact that the cheapest phone now is seven hundred and fifty bucks, <laughs> the normal yeah, person is not going to want to pay that much for a phone. I mean, of yeah. course, you can get it subsidized and all these other things, but that's a lot of money. Um, yeah, I would not have one were it not for the two for one we got at AT and T. I have one either, so totally understand it. And then I think it was like a month back they announced that they wouldn't be doing the um they wouldn't be releasing individual product numbers uh going yeah. forward. Yeah. So really we are not gonna have any idea how a- Apple is actually doing. Um I don't know. <laughs> good thing, bad thing? Yeah. <laughs> I I don't know if it's good because I mean obviously people knew that the iPhone 10 didn't sell well and yeah. now Apple doesn't want to release numbers cuz they don't want to look bad but I have a feeling that if this phone was just flying off the shelf like gangbusters that they would not be afraid to share sales figures so that just I mean it's like no news is bad news sorta cuz I mean I don't I don't think they would have a problem sharing sales figures if they were up to their expectations yeah and the thing is like up until now, it was always surprising that Apple was continuing to do as good as it was, uh, <laughs> yeah. especially because their phones aren't cheap, you know, compared to their and their um, Android counterparts. And the fact that they've raised the price here, it, I think, is might have been one 
too many steps. It's not indicative of the phone they've put out because it's very good hardware, even though it ha- is a little bit different. No buttons. I think it's just that yeah. price point might be a little bit too much for the layman, a la Clarence, to afford. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I get that Apple is like premium and chic or whatever you want to call them. But the fact that they're in, you know, it's kind of like, I guess, the law of diminishing returns. Like, yeah, there's. Phones can only get so much better in their current paradigm, at least, you know, until somebody comes up with something that just like completely shifts the phone, the smartphone paradigm. Like right now, it's like there's not much more that they can do to make these phones more appealing. I feel like Apple kind of misstepped here. I feel like if they would have actually, you know, used their technology and their their knowledge of phone manufacturing to bring a, a premium experience to a cheaper yeah price bracket yeah they would they would be like way more profitable because yeah. i mean that yeah and i mean that would have been a hope because we saw they did that up until they brought out their newest ipads with the new redesign they like slashed the prices drastically and they may have yeah. only did that because they were redesigning it who knows but i mean True. they they finally got it to a, a low price point where, you know, most people can pretty much just go out and buy it with little hassle. But, you know, redesign, they've jacked the price back up. So I don't know. I don't know what's going over, over going on well, over did, there at Apple. Did so. they jack the price back up, though? Yeah, for the, just the pro. The for pro, the redesign. Right? They, they redesigned the whole slate. Um, I think it's, it, it's not. That's the pro, right? They're not the regular iPad. I still think. Let me look it up because I know it's I'm not I'm pretty cheap. sure that was just the pro. I'm like 99% sure it was just a pro. Am I wrong? I could be wrong. I don't know. I may be wrong. So when I when I click iPad, it just shows the pro. No, so if I go to their the iPad page, there's the iPad 9.7, which is this one. It's still there. Okay. All right. Um, but is it the new the model, iP- though? It's like the older model. Yeah. All right. They uh, released no. They released this this year. They released this earlier this year. Okay. It's a 2018. It's compatible with the Apple Pencil. Um. I stand and corrected. Like, <laughs> and it's like the cheapest one, like which which blows my mind that this is cheaper than this. Like like yeah. by a significant <laughs> amount. Like we're talking like this is like three times the price of this. And it just kinda like doesn't make sense. I don't know. Smaller, better, faster, stronger. Eh. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, um release your sales figures, Apple. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just weirdness. There's one Weird. more. I have one more iPhone story. Yeah, what you got, man? Um, so Google Fi is has is come to the iPhone. Yeah, <laughs> it's come to every phone basically. Then they pr- pr- basically open up the platform for anybody. Yeah. Um, they announced today that the wireless service is matured enough to not only get a rebrand. I'm reading from Engadget. So you don't think that I wrote this. Okay. So <laughs> they announced today that it's not just a re- only going to get a rebrand, but it's also going to get much wider device support. It will not it will not only be compatible with Android, it'll work with iPhone. And the big that yeah, that's awesome. Like eh. so I'm so, not, not going to change phone companies, but I think that's really cool. So what's the big draw to Google Fi um if I'm remembering correctly? So the plans are really cheap and you only pay for the data that you use. So if you get a, a eight gig data plan and you only use one gig, you you don't do they don't do rollover. They just refund you the money. 
so you only you literally only pay for what you use, which is pretty cool. Um, it's I think they use T-Mobile and Sprint. Yeah. Um, uh, which is yeah. I mean, my experience with Sprint wasn't the, the best. The worst networks. <laughs> yeah. T-Mobile, I think, is okay, but Sprint is... Uh, I think both of them are pretty horrible. I, I have, the, I, I've had Sprint, but I had T-Mobile. It was not good. I have Sprint. I had Sprint in Kansas City, which is the world headquarters of Sprint, <laughs> and it was still bad. Wow. So That's not good. Like, yeah. 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 I would not get Sprint. Yeah, I, th- I think Fire also does something pretty uh, interesting to where I think they use uh, voiceover. They when you're on Wi-Fi, it doesn't use cellular for voice. Yeah. It uses uh, IP va- based uh, voice calls and stuff like that, which is pretty cool. Especially mm-hmm. if you can go up, go somewhere and get on Wi-Fi, a la my parents' home. You can get on Wi-Fi there and can still can can receive a phone call. I find that pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um. I just um I'm hmm. I'm just curious to see if this actually um blows up because I think you have to have a dual don't you have to have a dual SIM phone for this or something yeah, and I I think it does the I think originally if you have a Google Fi branded phone it does uh incorporate dual uh two carriers but I think that is limited once you pull Fi into an unsupported device so I think mm-hmm. as occlusion works. But it doesn't do the trickery of being able to cross from Sprint and T-Mobile um, on the same device. I think. I think. Uh, yeah, that that sounds about right. I think. Yeah. I think you're right on that. Um, but yeah, you know that's pretty cool. So, man, so <laughs> indeed, indeed, sir. So, uh, did you catch any Black Friday sales? Anything? Anything pique, pique your interest? <laughs> I got one of these. You went to the dark side. Well, many people might call Microsoft the dark side, but <laughs> we've been yeah. on the dark side this whole time. <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. Um, I just I got off where I couldn't refuse. Like it was Spider Man, one terabyte PS4, one ninety nine. That's insane. Because the PS4 mini or PS4 Slim one terabyte by itself is like. Two ninety nine, yeah. I think. Was and that I the Spidey that, bundle? Yeah. Well, I think the Spidey bundle actually before Black Friday was two ninety nine. So they basically just knocked a hundred dollars off of it. Yeah, it's really and, cool. And this was definitely a hard deal to find because I went to several WalMarts <laughs> and couldn't find it. After you told me, of course. Uh, but yeah, a lot of um, a lot of good Black Friday sales and deals going on, and I think uh, uh, somebody that. Cleaned up in particular is going to be um, Nintendo. So Nintendo, oh, yeah. Nintendo did Gangbusters uh, over the Thanksgiving holiday. Um, where uh, let's see, the company detailed 250 million in Nintendo products were purchased over the four-day period, with the company's Nintendo Switch console leading the way. And I think that brings them to uh, to a total of about 8.2 million switches sold overall which is just kind of phenomenal um so is it like yeah that's pretty impressive are we back in the era nintendo (laughs) well i mean nintendo does this though like i'm not really shocked like every other like i feel like every other nintendo console since the n64 every other console has been like awesome which i guess it hadn't been that many consoles but 
the GameCube was like, eh, eh. The Wii was like, yeah, yeah, awesome. Then the Wii U came out and it was, yeah. I mean, it wasn't bad, but it was, yeah. <laughs> and now the Switch is, you know, like they, it's feel. I feel like they do really well. They start feeling themselves. They stop listening to their constituents. <laughs> yeah. And they release a turd. I mean, it's happened, what, twice now? Yeah. Now, I will say it seems like they haven't, and maybe this is totally intentional, or maybe it's not even in production. I don't know. But uh, they have not been pushing uh, the 2DS or 3DS. I haven't seen much of anything out of that area for quite some time. So is it that they just kind of put that on the back burner and are totally focusing on the switch as their handheld device? Well, I mean, it's, I mean, yeah, I guess cause it is technically it's a portable device, yeah. but I feel like the telltale sign for me that actually solidifies that position is that they're releasing Pokemon games on the switch. Yeah. Like Nintendo has never released a, a mainline Pokemon game on on a on a home console before and like people might be like not maybe not understanding like let's go pikachu is actually a remake of pokemon yellow so it's a it's a full pokemon game um let's go eevee let's go pikachu it's the same you know red blue same thing so um and they're actually going to be releasing a new mainline pokemon game i believe in the next year or two so that to me that was it, you know. I'm I'm not surprised they're not pushing the 3ds or the 2ds or whatever anymore. Yeah. They don't really have to. You know, the thing I don't get is like they don't. Okay, of course you have a few of their first party titles. You have the Mario game, the Zelda game, um, but everything, most of everything else they're getting is like stuff that's been out on other consoles for a while and. Yeah, they got Dark Souls. Um, yeah, there was another one that's been out forever that they got. Um, Dia- they got Diablo, yeah, Diablo three. three yeah. like, I'm like, and and of course they have they have Smash coming up, but yeah, the library I'm, doesn't look that strong, honestly. I mean, Zelda was like the killer app, but that was what over two almost two years ago. Yeah, man. There really hasn't been a killer Switch game, in my opinion. I guess Smash will be the next one, but well, Odyssey. So you have, yeah. You, I mean, they've, they've had a hill. Yeah, yeah. They've been sprinkling some good games in there. If you're all about the stick. Nintendo first party, you definitely, uh, you know, you've seen your marquee titles pop up. But man, yeah. it's just not much after that that hasn't been out already for some time. So I don't know. Okay, so while we're still on Black Friday, I wanted to show you what else I bought for Black Friday. So we got the Spider-Man, which I haven't even opened yet because I've been playing um, a role-playing game called Persona 5 that I bought off the PSN store uh, for like 20 bucks, Um, And it's super, super awesome. Um, And actually, I went to GameStop for the first time in a very, very long time. So I got... Uh, Uncharted, the Uncharted oh, collection. I hate you. <laughs> it's the first three games remastered for PS4, ten bucks. I hate you. Black dude. Friday, and also the complete edition of Horizon Zero Dawn. This dude bucks. is on the PS first party bandwagon like a mofo. <laughs> ten bucks, man. Ten, like ten, like. Oh wow. No brain. I'm surprised like, you didn't get what's the uh, zombie game, um, Ellie. Zombie. Um, not a. This is from the same Uncharted developers, Last of Us. Oh, I have oh I have that digital. Oh, I got okay. that digital for like five. It was on oh, se- wow. it was on se- it was on sale for five ninety nine. This dude got all the first party sweetness. <laughs> it was on sale for five ninety nine on the PSN store, dude. Wow. Oh, and also also uh, 
this is horrible. I also got God of War as well. God uh, of War was on sale. The new God of War is on sale for like twenty one bucks, so I got that as well. So, man, you're all I, in. You are yeah. all in. I don't want this to sound horrible, <laughs> but I haven't touched my X One X. Like I haven't turned it on <laughs> since I got my PS4, but I will be playing it tonight. Oh yeah, we're gonna oh, play yeah. some Call of Duty. Yeah. So the I only thing want- I picked up was uh the the new Call of Duty. I think it was half off. Well, it was like twenty bucks off, maybe. If I remember correctly. So I picked that up. Dude, uh, it's awesome, man. I love it. Yeah. Couldn't get a hold of a PlayStation. I really wanted to pick one of those up. But other than that, um, I've been playing some, some Odyssey off the Google streaming, Google Cloud. So I haven't, I haven't really picked up a lot of games lately, but trying to find some time, man. Yeah. I've, um, been playing a lot of late nights here lately after the kids go to bed. <laughs> So, uh, speaking of video games, have you been on that Red Dead 2 Battle Royale mode? Dude, I didn't realize the online was on early access, or I would have already been on it. Um, they re- they had a press release about it. Basically, it's, I mean, it, for me, it seems like it's going to be very similar to Grand Theft Auto Online. Yeah. Um, so, Except, there will be a Battle Royale mode, which I was, when I heard about that, I was pretty surprised. Um... Which it kind of makes sense in like a Western uh, <laughs> uh, atmosphere. It really does. Yeah. It's a good fit. Um, my only concern just off of hearing it is that Rockstar games aren't exactly acclaimed for their shooting yeah. mechanics. Yeah. Which and like even this, yeah, even this game do the control. I, I think it's a great game. It's beautiful. It's cinematic. But like the controls are so stiff. But if you've ever played a Rockstar game, that probably doesn't come as a surprise because all the yeah. games, the controls are a little stiff and the shooting sucks. But yeah, it yeah. works. Well, you would hope they would have approved that because yeah, I, I played all through the first Red Dead, loved it. Uh, which is funny. I haven't jumped on this one yet, but yeah, the controls are not the best. The shooting <laughs> is not the best, you know, so just got to go for the experience, man. Yeah, it is. It is a great experience to just be in a living Western. Um, it's that part is awesome. And that's just tell you how great the rest of the game is, is that you can, you can, you kind of overlook the controls and stuff because it's just such a great experience. Yeah, though I heard they may have t- taken this one too far in the sim territory. A lot of people are saying it's too tedious in some aspects. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Because, like, you have to shave and eat. And, you know, I don't know if you have to do that in the first, the other Red Dead, but it, it, it does get pretty tedious. <laughs> if you eat too much, you'll gain weight. Uh, if you don't get enough yeah. exercise, I'm like, what? It, uh, that was like it was like uh, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. I don't know if you ever played that, but it was it had some of those mechanics in that tour. If you ate too much, you would get fat, and so I guess they're just bringing those back. Who knows? So, do we want to jump into? We talked about all those glorious first party PlayStation titles and some from Nintendo as well. Um, what is Microsoft doing on this front? Do they have a chance in Hades of bouncing back? Well, I mean, they have purchased quite a few studios. I mean, they purchased Obsidian. They purchased Ninja Theory, I believe, which made that um, Hellblade. That's the name of Hellblade. I think something new is Sacrifice. It's like this really, really, really detailed cinematic. I, I haven't played it, so I don't know a lot about it. But um, it's pretty acclaimed, fairly acclaimed. Um, they also made oh they did DMC 
the Devil May Cry game where okay. Dante was yeah, like the, re- the Metro the, guy, the emo emo yeah. Uh, Dante. Yeah, emo Dante. <laughs> they did that as well. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah. So um, they're they are they're Microsoft now. Um, along with Obsidian, who made Knights of the Old Republic two, yeah. they also did Fallout New Vegas, which it's arguably the is the best. Yeah. The best of the new Fallout games, three, four, and then the seventy six. Usually the yeah. Oh, <laughs> I, I don't even have to bring seventy six up. <laughs> Seven seventy turd. Who else did they buy? They they bought like three or four like really, you know, respected studios. And basically, if this uh, story or rumor that's broken out, if it's true, they basically gave them a blank check to make games. Uh, let's see if I can give you some more details here. Okay, so the Redmond Giant acquired many studios recently, and it aims to make their wildest dreams come true. During a conversation, uh, Boogie, which I guess is this YouTube nine eight eight, he's a YouTuber. Yeah, he he asked um Mike Ybarra from Microsoft, why would Microsoft buy so many studios at the end of a console generation? And the reason is pretty simple dominating the next generation. And here's what he said. Mike said, we basically went in there to these companies and said, what do you want to make? And they are like, what's our budget? And he's like, I don't think you understand. That's not our question. Our question is, what games do you want to make? We are Microsoft and we have the budget. We just want to know what game you want to do and what are your wildest dreams? So I could look at this in one or two ways, you know, uh, <laughs> Of course, we want them to come in there with their idea and do something great. But as witnessed from many other big companies buying other smaller companies to bring into their fold, it doesn't always necessarily pan out that way. They bought Rare, and Rare has really done little to nothing since they've been on the Microsoft's fold. So... Okay, we give you a blank, a blank slate, a blank check to go in there and do something awesome. But I just don't feel like that always guarantees something great coming out on the other end. You know, that's that's very, very true. Um, I mean, are they working working true. on something? Do they have something already in the works that they can uh, kind of lean on? I even look at what's the what's the um, what's the PlayStation guy of uh, 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 Kojima? In his new oh, game, God. yeah. Oh, <laughs> I mean, it, I was excited about that game until I saw the trailer, and now it's like, what in the world is he doing with all that money that yes, they gave him? Yeah. So the notion of a blank check doesn't really make me that excited because basically, these most of these companies already have a blank check to make the kind of game they want to, especially like the big uh, marquee titles. Maybe not some yeah. of these smaller companies that they're bringing on board. So that I guess that could be exciting. To see these smaller companies get this unlimited budget, it might it might pan out to something cool, but I just don't know, man. It's Microsoft. <laughs> it's kind of <laughs> have to gauge it. They, that, well, yeah, you're right about that. Their track their track record with acquisitions isn't exactly great. Um, because you know, I guess the biggest case study there is Rare. They bought Rare. Rare was smoking, dude. They had Goldeneye, Perfect Dark, Conquer's Bad Fur Day. Um, what else did they? Banjo Kazooie, they had all these like all these classic hits on the N64. Microsoft buys them. They released this goofy looking <laughs> perfect dark game. They do something. What was that game? The other game they did was it? Did they do cameo elements think, of power? I 
thing? No, 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 no. No, they did grab by the ghoulies. Grab oh, by the ghoulies. God. Yeah. Yeah. Grab by the ghoulies <laughs> was released by Rare. Yeah, they they made a bunch of mediocre games, basically. But from what I understand, Microsoft buys a studio, and at first they're like, and this happens with all acquisitions. This even happened in my work experience with acquisitions when another company buys you. At first yeah. they're like, you're you're obviously already successful. <clears throat> you know, we're gonna just let you do your thing. Yeah, come be on, successful. Then that, that lasts for like a year and a half, and then they start <laughs> tightening the vice. Yeah. Like, then they start trying to rein you into their <laughs> corporate corporate. Uh, religion and whatever you want to call it, they try to make you fall in Company line. culture. <laughs> it's not fun anymore. All the talented people leave, which is exactly yeah. what happened with Rare. All the people that put out those great games are gone, and now all is left is the name Rare and Banjo Kazooie. So, so let me because Nintendo owned everything else. <laughs> so let me pose you another theory. Could it be that since we know Microsoft has their Game Pass streaming service? And they need titles to bolster that service. So maybe whereas we're thinking thinking of it more of uh, getting a good title out there for the right now, they're looking at it as more of a Netflix approach to where you oh, yeah. bring companies in to make these great shows, make these great games, and, you know, let this be something that continues on down the line. Maybe not just a, a one-off game. Maybe something that lasts. You know, that's a long, long-tailed game that can bolster their service and can bring people in if it's going to be exclusive. Oh yeah, like Microsoft is definitely going games as a service. Like I have no doubt about that. And if you think about it, it makes sense. I mean, it's just like movies. It's like you can pay twenty bucks for one movie, or you can pay twelve bucks or whatever it is a month for Netflix. Watch as many movies as you want. That you'll never you know? be able to watch. <laughs> you'll never be able to watch them all. Yeah. And that's an awesome feeling. It's also like crazy, but it's an awesome <laughs> feeling to know that you have more stuff than you will ever watch. Yeah. And the thing that's great about Netflix as opposed to cable or something is that with Netflix, you know that there's stuff on there that you like. You know, yeah. you don't have to sit and I mean, the thing about games is games are expensive. Games are 60 bucks and they'll probably be going up. You see all yeah. these special editions that are like a hundred dollars and people are still buying them. Yeah. I mean, that's what ha that's why games are $60 now because they were what 50. Then they started releasing these higher end versions. And then all of a sudden, you know, before we knew it, the price was 60 bucks. So it's like, you know, 60 bucks. You know, how many how many games do you play a year? Yeah. So you can play you can pay what, 120 bucks? 120 bucks? Yeah, pay two get play two games a year. 120 bucks, you can pay two games a year, you can play unlimited games a year. Yeah. Like it's actually a no-brainer and the thing is, I feel like more people will Microsoft will see a a net profit from this because more people will be inclined to subscribe to this than they would be to buy games, you know. I would imagine the average gamer does not buy two games a year. I would I would argue that. I know for a while, I, I mean, I know lately I bought a bunch of games. They've all been discounted, but it's like I don't normally buy a lot of console yeah. games. Yeah. So, yeah. And I, I think the thing that's really going to make this uh, Game Pass thing or whatever take off is that, you know, again, like we mentioned, getting the right titles in there. But. Just like Netflix, I think you need to be on multiple platforms. So if they can ever, there's one of two ways they can go. They can, they obviously have to go to PC in some fashion to get those games to where they're playable on PC as well. That might be through having some of the games be portable or the 
other option, xCloud, or being able to stream stream these games anywhere. If they do that coupled with the subscription, uh, the possibilities are endless. I'm going to tell you like what Microsoft needs to do, and it won't happen. I wanted this last generation, but they need to release like an XGPU or something to where I can put this piece of hardware into my computer and I can play all the Xbox games. Yeah. Like, I feel like that would be amazing. Killer. Killer. But, I mean, um, if they do games as a service, I feel like that would be a great thing to do. You subscribe for a year, you get the X whatever, and you can play all the Xbox games on it as long as your subscription is like, Or, you know, like, there's so many things they can do with games as a service. They can bring games to phones. They can do, you know, if they wanted to release a handheld, they could, you know, there's so many things they can do. And I feel like they're not really trying to directly compete with Sony, even though they are. Um, they're trying to go about it in another way. Not, not we have this game come by our console and buy this game. It's we have these games come subscribe to Xbox. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I feel like that has more legs because you don't necessarily have to worry about putting out a console every five or six years. I yeah. mean, you can't, you can. But the way they've done things with one Xbox or whatever, it's like, even if they, you know, I feel like even if they do release a new console, everything's going to be compatible because uh-huh. it has to it, be. It has to be. Yeah. The I way agree. they're pushing this universal compatibility between PC and Xbox One X and Xbox One, I don't see them breaking that just because they release a new console. Yeah, they totally. could though, but I, I don't. I think it'd be a huge mistake. I agree. I agree. Um, well, it's, it's going to be like the whole, whole iPhone model. You have some games that can only run on the new stuff, but the, but the new console should be able to run all the old stuff. So yeah, exactly. And dude, dude, that's the only thing I don't like about having a PS4. It is not backwards compatible <laughs> at all. I thought I was yeah. going to go back and grab some like because the PSN store has all these classic PlayStation games, classic PlayStation Two games, uh-huh. PlayStation Three games, but. They're only playable on PS3. Yeah, that's or like weird. if you have a Vita, but it's and you can't. They're like none of them are compatible with PS4. Yeah, and that's like a, that's like a huge like minus for me because yeah. one of the things I was looking forward to was going through some of the old PS3 games that I missed. Um, but yeah, I guess that's neither here nor there. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you have to give Microsoft their props there for being able to do the impossible. Because <laughs> uh, they even said themselves they wouldn't be able to do back and pad, but they somehow managed to make it work. So, yeah. Yeah. So, man, you want to talk a little bit of Bitcoin? Bitcoin has dropped 12% oh, to below $5,000. The world's largest cryptocurrency is down 22% in the past week. Dude, failing as much you're... as 12% Monday to its lowest level in more than a year. Unless do it. Earlier this year, Ethereum was like two hundred seventy-eight dollars a coin. Now it's like a hundred and twenty. It's not just. Wow. It's not just. It's not just Bitcoin. They're all down. Um, the only one that's kind of kind of holding its value. There was like a ridiculous spike at the beginning of the year because of the everybody was going bonkers. But yeah, after the initial crash from that, because like Bitcoin at one point was twenty thousand dollars a coin. Yeah. Yes, yes. And now it's less than five. So I just, if you bought in when it was 20 grand, I feel bad for you because you're never going to get your money back. 
Because Bitcoin, I mean, that, like this is the thing. Bitcoin is the end coin. And I've always said this, but like from a practical standpoint, it's just not feasible to use for a mainstream currency because some Bitcoin transactions can take up to an hour or a couple hours just because yeah. so many nodes have to verify the transaction because there's so many nodes. The blockchain itself is just it's so big now that. Yeah, it just takes so long. Um, some of the newer ones, even Ethereum, Ethereum's a lot faster transaction wise than Bitcoin. Ripple, which is like one of my favorite ones, it's super, super fast. Um, there's just so many coins that are, you know, they're better use cases than Bitcoin, but Bitcoin is the popular one. And, but it's just not, I, I don't know. So, so do we know why it's dropping? Of course, we know it's very volatile to begin with. It's, I'm reading something here about SEC regulation, maybe a part of the culprit. Uh, the, the thing that gets well, me about Bitcoin, you, you never, okay, stocks are dubious as well. You know, a lot of it is on speculation, what we think, uh, is going to happen, how we think the market is going to go. But at least that is backed by some physical, connection to something going on in the real world see it's not even that it's not even that the thing about the stock market is that it's regulated a lot of the things that people do with bitcoin where they're like hey this company is gonna add bitcoin to its bank or whatever like all these like nuggets that people shoot out like this fake news or whatever you want to call it it might be real news but people (laughs) announce something the price jumps up then they sell theirs. It's called pumping them. I mean, the same yeah. thing used to happen in the stock market until it got regulated. And basically, the cryptocurrency market right now is a unregulated stock market. Yeah. So you have a lot of people doing a lot of shady stuff and nobody to check them. And like that's that's the other pro- one of the problems. The other problem is it's just these coins are just all they were all overvalued. Yeah. All of them. Um, that doesn't mean they're worthless. There's even a use case for Bitcoin as a security. I wouldn't use it as a currency, but like there's there's use cases for all of them. But yeah. Bitcoin was never ever in the in in any realm of possibility or any dimension ever worth fifteen, twelve, <laughs> twenty thousand dollars. It was yeah. never it was never that valuable. Yeah. And I, I feel like we've just seen a correction and I still think I still think Bitcoin's overvalued, even even at five less than five thousand dollars. Um, Ethereum, I feel like, has a better use case than Bitcoin. But just from like the smart contracts and a lot of other stuff you can do with it, that they're trying to like fork into Bitcoin. Um, but eh, you know, it's like I told you, it was about a year ago when I was in Vegas and the cabbie was talking to me about buying. <laughs> Buying Bitcoin, buying like crypto, it's like yeah. it was over at that point. Like yeah. it's, it was over. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man, Cab is talking crypto. Look it yeah. up. That was a classic. So uh, <laughs> I want to talk real quick about this uh, MIT project. So this is an electric plane with no moving parts. Uh, yeah, had its first flight. Flight. So. They did this in, I think, like a high school gymnasium or something like that. But, but, um, so MIT researchers report that they created and flown the first plane that doesn't require any moving parts. This two, this 5.4 pound experimental aircraft did not spin turbine blades to reveal itself 60 meters. It used electricity direct, 
directly. So this is based off some ion technology that was actually created in the 60s. We've known about it since the 60s, but we've never been able to put it into an actual working flight demo. So this is very weird and maybe <laughs> very sci-fi ish, but fi-ish, but let me try to uh, read this paragraph. Maybe it'll make some sense. Uh, it uses high voltages, um, 40,000 volts. The thrusters generate ions, <clears throat> ions in the air around two electrono, elect, electrodes. The electric field created between these thrust the ions from a smaller electrode over a larger one. These ions collide with air, with normal air molecules while traveling, creating ionic wind and pushing the plane forward. Since the ions are moving between two stationary electrodes, no moving parts are required to power the plane. So basically it's heating an element or heating ions, electrodes, and it's pushing them over uh the, the wing, the fin, and this is propelling the plane forward. Now, uh, they don't know if this can support like a real airplane with people on it. You know, this is very, this is very much a small demo. Uh, but the, what they're saying it can do, it can be used to aid some normal, uh, engines to maybe make airflow a little bit better on planes, which again will increase efficiency. But the, the dream is that maybe one day, this technology could be used to have planes that are quiet, you know, um, that no noise, you know, anybody who's used a drone know that it's like the noisiest thing ever. Uh, but this is just like a te- technology that's in its early, early stages, but maybe in, you know, on down the line, it could be used for something really cool. So I just thought this was, this was cool to see these guys, uh, uh, put this technology to the test. Uh, you know, seems really cool. Yeah, I think this is pretty awesome. But like my my only thought about this whole thing is that I feel like this is completely wasted on aircraft. Put this in the, put this on a spaceship. I mean, the, yeah. Like, use it to generate thrust for a spacecraft. I mean, I feel like that's a better use case than just a plane. I mean, maybe, but I don't know if it can be used in space because it because of the way it works. Good point though. Huh. Cuz there's no air. I think uh, no ions. Never mind. <laughs> hmm. But anyway, it's just cool to see them kind of use this technology and, you know, maybe, yeah. one day. maybe one day. So, yeah, I watched the video. It's pretty, like, freakish. It really but, is. It really but is. cool. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Sweet. Cool, man. So, um, what you been working on? Oh man, I'll just point people to our other podcast, which is the uh, Discussing Trek podcast, which can be found at discussingtrek.com or just check out discussingnetwork.com where you can see all the podcasts that I am on besides this one. You can go to techvision.com for this one. <laughs> techvision.com. Cool. Well, as for me, um, you'll be able to catch me on the aforementioned discussing trick when I can remember that we're having one. <laughs> oh man, I feel bad about Miss Monday because I really wanted to be on it, but oh, I, I forgot. Anyway, yeah, so we will be back next week. Um, If you would like to send us some questions or you know, 
just let us know. Send us a email, fans at techpedition.com, or send us a message on Facebook or Twitter. Oh, or yeah. tweet us. Tweet us on Twitter. Tweet us on Twitter. At Tech Petition. Facebook.com slash Tech Petition. Right? Very, very yeah. On all the various uh, social media outlets, as it were. Very, very yeah. Or you can just Google us. That still works from what I hear. Very, very yeah. And we will see you guys next week. Very, very quick. Very, very quick. I can't, I can't beat that. I <laughs> <laughs> just smells burnt and dusty. Hey guys, don't miss an episode of the Techpedition podcast. For more information, go to techpedition.com slash subscribe. T-E-C-H P-E-D-I-T-I-O-N dot com.